Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's The Drink Talking with The Thinking Drinkers, Ben McFarland and Tom Sandon. And Mistress of Wine, Sam Capon. All the booze, news and views. From Absinthe to Zinfandel. Just imbibers. Hello listeners and welcome to our podcast. It's the drink talking. We are returning for another week of drinks information, pouring it into your ears, telling you things you don't know. We'll be drinking, we'll be suggesting things you should be drinking. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, I am Tom Sandham, I'm the spirits expert and I'm joined as ever by my two friends. I guess you could call you friends. (laughs) Work peers, sidekicks. Peers. Yeah, you could be the, the shit sidekicks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who have we got? We've got Ben McFarland, beer expert. Hello, Ben. All how right, Tom. You? How are you doing? All right. I'm okay. Yes, I'm very well. And we've got Sam Caporn, the wine expert. Hello, Sam. Good morning. How are you? Very well. Good. <laughs> Everyone's well. I'm Average. all right. I've uh, got a dicky tummy. <laughs> a bit of a dicky tummy. You don't look so great. I've got used to say. say. I mean, it could mean something slightly different now. Mm. Because we have been in Mexico, haven't we, Ben? We have. We were humming that all the way around Mexico, Sam. And uh, every, on the plane back again? Think, well, yeah, but every time we went into a restaurant, <laughs> we would walk in going... And we had to sort of backtrack a bit, thinking, is it rude? I think it's lazy national stereotyping rather than particularly racist. I don't think anyone would be offended. And enthusiasm. It's exciting. It was always sung with the right intention. Yeah, yeah. Um, it might have made fa- you look like a bit of a twat. Yeah, but, but to be fair, a lot yeah. of the places we went into <laughs> did have mariachi brands, including yeah. some oh, of the they? really traditional family restaurants. It is a bit of a thing. It's not just for the tourists. They hover around oh, really? tables and play music for people while they eat for a fee. Yeah. Um, and naturally, we batted them away <laughs> at every opportunity. You can enjoy the music from a distance. Well, one of the funniest things I saw over there was there were these two guys who clearly they're like on a business trip. They, they were just having lunch together. And they didn't seem particularly, you know, like good mates. And they were surrounded by these mariachis <laughs> who were serenading them with love songs. And they just—they look super awkward. No, they were, they do just, you know what? No, they, they lapped it up. Uh, they just kept well, on. Well, it gave them time. They meant they didn't have to talk to each other. I think there was six of them playing this. Yeah. You know, I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know what the yeah. lyrics are. But you know, all these love songs are very emotional. I think, and it just looked. <laughs> 
hilarious. It just looked weird. Well, I didn't excite me because I went to Marrakesh. Nice. Yeah, and it's really nice. Um, Just myself and a friend and the two children. It was great. Not uh, your yeah. Why did your Why did your husband not go? Um, Was everything all right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Was it better with or without him? Is a holiday better? You know what? That's a really interesting question. I've always felt very, very, very strongly that he is my preferred and perfect travel companion okay i do love girl trips and i do um take advantage of doing that and i love it and they and they are very different but having said that you have a different experience when you go with a girl than you go with a, with a partner we were very lazy we did, both just wanted to sit by the pool hmm. i know ed might wanted to have done a bit more stuff right uh, so for four days because it was really perfect that it was a night well i wouldn't want to change anything because okay. it was really fun oh, but yeah you know it's great yeah. okay any well, hunky waiters Oh, well, you should <laughs> try Mexico. <laughs> oh, they're all over no, I was Mexico. just thinking. But all men. All I mean, not that men. I'd have found a hunky waitress, but I mean, obviously... <laughs> um, hunky waitress. It's an Islamic country. Some people and do. There's be- oh, no, I think one waitress. What, hunky? Yeah, some what, people like, might prefer like a hunky waitress. A hunky waitress. <laughs> what, like a sort We'd of built, well-built yeah, muscles? I think we had yeah. all... Like a tobogganist. So. It's Winter Olympics at the moment. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can be quite sexy for some people. Yeah, I'm not saying. <laughs> I just would. I would not describe you her not. as hunky. <laughs> if she, even if she was well, well built, I'll just go chunky. In the modern age, rather than hunky. in the modern age, but no, no, no can be hunky too. I can't <laughs> believe I'm being pulled up for <laughs> suggesting that the no hunky, could, hunky would be waitress. misplaced when you're. And you're describing a lady. <laughs> you and you would. A hunky Moroccan waitress. <laughs> no, there weren't any. There weren't any. Okay. <laughs> Mexico was amazing, and we'll be talking about it a lot over the next three I podcasts. I bet you will. Uh, brace yourself. Yeah. Brace yourself, people, <laughs> to hear a lot about Mexico. So it is me today. I'm going to do a spit or swallow. I'm going to start with my swallow, though, which is not tequila. It's whiskey. Uh, mm. Specifically, it's uh, something called Whiskey Me. Mm. And it is whiskey delivered to you. By the postman. By the postman, yes. It's a new, I would describe it as innovative, (laughs) method of getting whiskey into people's hands. And this company, which has been set up by two drinks uh, legends, Tristan Stevenson and Tom Ask, who are pioneers of the bar world. In fact, they run a a bar called Black Rock, which is just opposite where we are recording this. It's a whiskey bar, fantastic whiskey bar, recently picked up another award this week and uh, Tom and Tristan are, are really great guys uh, Tristan's written a number of books I would always suggest that listeners the books about drink that you should be buying are the books that we have written uh, <laughs> my name is Tom Sandham and I'm with Ben McFarland and you can find our names with a Google search and an Amazon search please buy our books <laughs> yeah. uh, but once you've got our books then try Tristan's as well because they're very good he, he mixes um, industry knowledge with consumer friendly mm. information he's written some great books as well so these are good guys and tom really knows his stuff as well and they've launched this company whiskey me so what it is is essentially great whiskies delivered through your door for seven pounds a month you get five cl worth of booze but they're great whiskies that you wouldn't necessarily want to spend money on on an entire bottle bottle. Mm. so we're talking about bottles that might retail for around 80 quid which is the one we're going to be tasting today. So do you get one 5CL sample a month? You get a different dram, they describe it as, every month, and it will be something that potentially 
new to you. It's delivered through the post. Chat that um, and on the website, you get lots of information about it. And it's very cool packaging. The packaging yeah. is, is a bit like a Capri Sun or for anyone with children, it looks just like a kid's one of those yeah, pouch. One of the food yeah. pouches that you serve but up a mini for your babies. One. What are they called? Um, uh, like Ella's, Ella's Kitchen. Ella's kitchen. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It looks like an Ella's Kitchen pouch, yeah. but about a quarter of the size. It's really dinky. Yeah, it is. And actually, if you shake it... There is definitely it's liquid. definitely liquid in it. Yeah. <laughs> They've now, thought of everything. <laughs> they have. And the website uh, is, is worth a look anyway. They've got drones, which they've used to film the distilleries that they select Crikey. each month. And there are lots of added benefits for members. I and mean, as the membership of this subscription base grows, they start to give you other freebies um, and interesting add-ons. Now, they a really... great present for a whiskey lover. It's a brilliant present. Now, it's got, it caused a, yeah. a ripple of controversy within the industry. Because the as you might it. expect, the whiskey geek, not dissimilar to the... The beer car, geek. Beer the geek. old guard as well. The old guard, well, yeah. yeah. I think one of the problems with whiskey is it has had this sense of tradition and it's sometimes difficult to break mm. the shackles of it. But actually, it needs to. But what um, are the criticisms of it? Well, as long as it's filled properly, it's a properly, bit like putting wine in a, in a bag, isn't it? It's this idea that whiskey should be arriving in a certain format, and mm. that uh, there are traditional bottles. Putting it in a Capri Sun bag is a but, massive but, but, departure but, from. But is it? But yes, the, the only criticism you could level at that is if it impairs the quality. That's of the just what I was going to say. If in terms of getting out of the cask into this, if somehow it has been you know, impaired. allowed to spoil or impaired, then that's an issue. And also, it's really cute, can I just say, on this they've got three little fruit pictures. Yeah. Presumably they're meant to be key Flavor flavors. indicators. In, I see, that's awesome. I've got to say, when I first saw this, I thought it looked a bit shite. <laughs> In the space okay. of five minutes, I'm totally change my opinion well there you go and that's why it's a swallow we are going to swallow some on air Ooh. so we'll be able to tell you what we think of the whiskey but their it's, argument is it doesn't impair the flavour in I, any and if way, it doesn't so. I think this is brilliant I think and going back to um, a podcast we did ages ago when you were talking about the price of pints mm-hmm. and the really expensive pints mm-hmm. and you know I think increasingly that if you can get really good gear in front of people and they're only having to pay a little bit for it mm. I think that's brilliant. Spirits expert, what do you think? Um, that is fantastic. We're, we're drinking the uh, Inchmirin 18-year-old, and that does retail for £80 a bottle if you get it off uh, the whiskeyexchange.com. It's 46% ABV, so you might want to add a little bit of water. It, that's a pokey. Pokey whiskey. <laughs> yes, but it, it, it comes from Loch Lomond. As I say, they'll give you that a little bit of information me, on there. I think it's a There's it's no a impairment there. I mean, I did say to Tristan... I won't be subscribing just purely because the amount of stuff that comes through our litter box, we haven't yeah. got we haven't got a space to put it, and my wife is genuinely cheesed off with the amount of booze <laughs> that comes through the door. So I won't be subscribing. But if I was a, a whiskey fan, I'm absolutely on board with it. I don't mm. think I'd pay. So how much was it? Seven fifty a month. Seven pounds a month. Seven pounds um, a month. Yeah, go onto their website. That's what Netflix is, isn't it? Well, there so, you go. Um, roughly, mm. I'd get both. I've just started watching a new Netflix series. Okay. Which I've got to say is hilarious. What is it called? It's called Designated Survivor. Have you heard of it? No. Do you know what a designated yes, survivor is? I have is? heard of this. No. This is the presidential one. Isn't yeah, it? so yeah. a designated survivor is someone who, when the president and Congress get together, is put in a separate building and away from Congress in case everyone gets basically 
blown up right. or you know assassinated so the inevitable happens and you've got this designated survivor oh, yes, who I is Kiefer Sutherland Right. So if you like 24 or you like a bit of West Wing or anything like that, it's um it's really cheesy. But we, my I mean, the premise I, is pretty, we pretty are ridiculous. Gripped. Okay. It's really, really good. Okay. If you like a cheesy kind of okay. political Chuck thriller, away. I'll watch that and have some of this. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know, listeners, the website it's whiskey-me.com. www. Love it. Good stuff. Well done, Tristan. Well done, Tom. And I just want to add: there's always going to be people who criticise. Things like this. It's change, Ben, isn't it? Well, we I mean, if it, it means people get to drink different things, it makes it affordable. It's very mm. arrogant of people to say. It has to come in a glass bottle. It has to come out. Yeah, it's just nonsense. Yeah. If you don't like it, don't buy it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's Bucker awesome. Off. Yeah. <laughs> right, we're going to go on to my spit now. And this is Mexico related. So, a series of Mexico loving. So, we were in Mexico. The great guys at Cask Marketing took us there. They're brilliant chaps. They look after lots of different booze. Silent Pool Gin is one Yum. of theirs uh, that they help uh, market and, and shout about. So, um, go and check out what they've got on their roster. Brilliant booze. Yeah. One of the things they've got is Ocho Tequila. And that was the reason we were in Mexico. So we got to travel around Mexico and learn more about it. But one of the big things in the industry at the moment is an agave shortage. The agave is the plant that makes the tequila, and they are suffering at the moment from an agave shortage. Ben's rolling up his sleeves. Oh, we're going to get onto that. Yes, uh, Ben's showing me. Is that an agave injury? It's not. I'll tell you what, the agave is an amazing plant, and there's lots of great things about it. Uh, The Aztecs used it for making shoes, for shelter. They squeezed the juices out, let them naturally ferment, and they gave them their pulque, their alcoholic drink. It's also been known to have properties as an anti-inflammatory. So the agave is used in medicine as well. Now, what's interesting about that is the fact that it had the opposite effect on Ben. (laughs) When we were farming them, we were picking them up. And Ben picked one up and walked around with it for the purposes of videoing to look like a big, hard himador, the men who who picked the agaves. We were warned, although Ben didn't get this information. Can I just explain, okay? The guy who took us there gathered everyone around, apart from me, and said, listen, when these things are harvested... They're very acidic, and you shouldn't really pick them up. Then no, what I he g- said was some people, a yeah. small amount of people, have a reaction. A the, the, the cool yeah. ones, no. If you're no, especially cool, the weak. you're susceptible <laughs> yeah. to it. And then they're big; they're really heavy things, and they're like they're about twenty-five kilos, and it's kind of like a peeled pear kind of thing. Yeah. Right. It was pretty cool because they're heavy. And I was like, yeah. And I was yeah. like, world's strongest man. I even got yeah. above my head. It's pretty cool. Well, these guys <laughs> lift like 200 of these things yeah. a day. Ben did one for 10 minutes. <laughs> it wasn't impressive, Ben. I wouldn't describe you as a world's strongest oh, right. man. <laughs> what happened was, though, he got a rash on his arm. Really and bad it one. looks like really aggressive herpes yeah. on his arm. The, ne- the next morning, I had this rash and no one had mentioned the agave thing. So... I came down to breakfast. I was thinking, thinking, "Oh my god, I'm dying!" Fuck! What was that? What was that? And I had no, no, no. We've said it several times, so we might as well. Um, (laughs) Then I came down to breakfast. I thought, "Oh gosh." (laughs) <laughs> that looks bad and it wasn't until someone pointed out oh, the yeah. agave and then I was, I was like okay that's fine but it wouldn't go away it was really bad it's still it's okay it's, now it's, well, it's, it's dried it's up and it's idea. looking yeah. a bit it's still looking a bit scabby mm. yeah mm. anyway that, that's Ooh, that's what it did to Ben but generally speaking um, they're, they're very popular ingredients but there's a shortage of them at the moment is your spit 
The my spit is oh. not my shortage. The shortage is bad and is worth spitting about. But my spit is actually agave syrup. Now, are you familiar with agave syrup? That no. surprises me because in the world of health foods, agave oh, of course, syrup. sweetening agent. Yeah, I have a bottle yeah, at home. You do. Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. do you have it? Why do you have it? Because um, it's a nice. Healthier, I suppose. Yeah, I bought it as an, an alternative to refined sugar. Uh, my son's has pancakes, and he has maple never, syrup. Right, but you've never touched it, have you? It's unopened. Well, you, you bought it for the reasons that it's marketed itself very cleverly as an, a healthy alternative, but it is not necessarily oh. a healthy alternative. One of the reasons there's an agave shortage is because the boom in agave syrups. You can cultivate the agave. You can pick them earlier than you would have to when they're picked for. Tequila. tequila. So mm. it takes about six or seven years for them to reach maturity. But you can pick them around two or three years for the agave syrup. And it's had an impact. We're having met the tequila producers out there. We, we were first-hand hearing how the syrups and the syrup producers are, are I taking have from the the yield. syrups were in that bigger kind of production that well, they'd impact on the tequila. Well, yeah, it's good, but it, it has been. Well, it has. Well, it's a massive part. Anything like that is part. This whole, um, quite right, anti-refined sugar thing does mean that people are looking for alternative sweetening agents. Well, they do. And, 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 and honey. Plants alone. Agave syrup is gluten-free, which is also suitable for vegan diets. Now, we've seen a lot of people claiming to be vegans. <laughs> but while also sausage a chicken. I read something the other day that had to make an apology because they'd had a recipe in there which I'd, they'd said was vegan, but it had included honey. Well, yeah, well, honey's another one. And so honey's not vegan. But that's another one that people think is is really... It's just, they're different types of sugar. Agave has... Sorry, I'm being ignorant here. Yeah. So vegan is a byproduct of an animal. I mean, in theory, I suggest bee is not an animal, it's an insect. But also they do that (laughs) naturally, don't they? It's a living thing. I don't know. know. They do it naturally anyway. But they printed an apology for the fact they'd put honey in a vegan recipe. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck them, they're only bees. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Big no-no. Bees save the planet. Yeah, I know. That's good. They're keeping them alive, aren't they? I don't know. It's a bit like cows, isn't it? Why would we have them if we didn't milk them and butcher them? If we didn't milk them and butchering they'd be everywhere can you imagine have you watched Cowspiracy shops I haven't I want to couldn't get into pubs (laughs) that's a shit anecdote (laughs) Sam I'm going to call you on that have you seen I haven't I really want to I mean that applies to a lot of things what the Cowspiracy what are they up to Cowspiracy Cowspiracy but what are they doing what are the cows basically it's saying that I think it's something along the lines of cows produce so much um, methane and use up so much Grass. Grass. <laughs> Something about CO2. They're basically really bad for the planet. Oh, so they're not... Oh, oh pull the other one. <laughs> and yeah, and apparently it's causing global warming. If it wasn't yeah. for them, it'd be freezing. And I need to get a jersey. Do you know what's interesting about this round of gags? We've, We've done used them before, before, listeners. But if you're new to the show, hey, It'll there's some new comedy. Anyway, agave nectar. Low glycemic index. So that's mm-hmm. why people like Check. it. But it's largely made of fructose. And fructose mm. is currently in the firing line because it's seen mm. as a nice alternative. It is a good alternative if you take it directly from fruits and indeed from the agave plant itself. Mm. Uh, if you chew on a bit of agave, it's lovely, rich yeah, in sugar, but you're getting the fibre. If you take the fibre out and you, you commercially extract it from the agaves or from fruits and concentrate it into a sweet, it has a big 
metabolic price to pay on your body. And it's been linked to lots of bad things. So people are eating this, assuming that they're dodging the bullets of sugar, when in fact they're not at all. They just have a different type of sugar. There's a guy called Dr. Johnny Bowden, who's known as the nutrition mythbuster, and I should name him because he was one of my sources of information on the whole agave syrup ruse. Uh, he was saying that agave nectar syrup is a triumph of marketing over science. True, it has a low glycemic index, but so does gasoline. Does that mean it's good for you? No, <laughs> no. no. Only if you're a car. Johnny, yeah. it doesn't. You're right. It, it, I would not drink gasoline. So I think we so, did when we were in Mexico. Yeah, well, yeah we'll get on to that uh, in another podcast. The mezcal we were drinking was Poison. loopy juice. <laughs> uh, so stop eating it. Agave's brilliant. Leave it's, it for tequila, It's important basically. in terms of climate change. A lot of scientists looking at the agave plant now as a, as a a map, a genetic map for other plants because it can survive in semi-arid conditions. They're trying to genetically map other crops so that we can save the planet. Agave is a beautiful thing. Stop using it on your Weetabix. The the worst people in this whole thing are people who buy it and then don't even well, open yeah. it. Just have it in well, a cupboard. What sort of twat would do that? Well, anyway, yeah. so that's my Excellent. spit and that's my swallow. I hope you enjoyed that, listeners. And we are going to be moving on now. I think uh, after all that talk of bad sugar and rubbish things to put in your body, we're going to have a tasting of some wine, Sam. We are indeed. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to It's the Drink Talking. So it's me on wine duty this week and we have got two Chenin Blancs. Chenin Blanc. Chenin Blanc. Chenin Blanc. Okay, tell us about Chenin Okay, Blanc. so Chenin is a white grape that mm. is predominantly found in two places, France in the Loire and in South Africa where it is known as Steen. Now, in the last year, I would say I've drunk more Chenin in the last year than I have done in my whole life put together because I've realised it's the most amazing food wine. 
Oh. It's really, really good. It's got really high acid, so it's really, really fresh. And then I think we've got a Vouvray from the Loire. Okay, a yeah. Vouvray. Uh, which Vouvray. is dry. Easy to say when you've had a bottle. Yeah. A Vouvray. Uh, which is dry. It can, it can be sweet. And then we've got a, a one from South Africa, which is a bit more oaky and a bit more sort of structured. But yeah, just think of them as fantastic food wines. Can I just butt in here? Mm. What are its kind of near alternatives? Where does it sit? Is it like uh, okay, so Chablis? Or yeah, or? okay, that's an interesting question. <clears throat> so on my wine flavour tree, yes. it's down the bottom in orchard fruits. Also sitting in orchard fruits are the likes of Chablis. So it's crisp, crunchy, quite tight, quite fresh. Certainly the ones in France, right. when you get to the more new world wines... Totally different. As yeah, ever. where they've got, obviously got a warmer climate and the grapes get sort of more sugar in them again. Uh, then also the sugar turns to alcohol and you get a more broad, sort of full-bodied wine and they tend to put a bit more oak in them. Okay. Right. But Chenin, you can get lots of really cheap Chenin. Very cheap, so white, South African blends will predominantly have a lot of Chenin in, but they can make some fantastic ones at the higher end. And these ones are both from Majestic. Um, the first one, the Vouvray, is, let me check, 1049 as part of a Mix 6 and the Bellingham is 1099 as part of a Mix 6. Mm. Good that's, gift for you okay, two. That's a, yeah, yeah, that's a bit expensive. That's a birthday. That's an anniversary. <laughs> I've wine. never spent that much money on a bottle of wine. Really? But do you never. know, um, I think, and this is something to probably cover in a spit or a swallow another time, Yeah. but I went to a Majestic... Uh, yes. The other day, uh, this time Remy didn't. I three or didn't, oh, didn't smash didn't the place smash up. Pl- yeah, but I just noticed, and, and I don't know whether it was a Brexit thing or yeah. part of their new ownership. Yeah, everything seemed quite steep, expensive. But, yeah, like just. Oh. I mean, it was. There were nice wines that I got, but it was quite tricky walking around and not seeing a bottle of wine for less than a tenner. Go to co-op, yeah. mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I realise I might be fishing in rather <laughs> yeah. ambitious you waters. Get what here. you deserve in but, but I just wondered whether that was something that the industry has noticed recently that things are going up. I mean, we've just—I just read an article in the Guardian. Get me. Ooh, <laughs> second one in a fortnight. All did these, you read um, it online? Yeah, yeah I'm not did paying you for it. Did you make a contribution? <laughs> yeah, I did. Like they ask, no. but they're begging better. <laughs> no. no, give us money. Back off, no. lefties. Yeah. I've got no money. I've read it now. Uh, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> and it was just saying that. Everyone from suppliers to staff to food, everything's gone up. The exchange rate is, exchange is rate crippling is stuff. Absolutely yeah. nailing us. It's an interesting one. I'd suggest it's probably a little early to see that effect on the high street because people are really, really cagey about moving price points because they're so important. Mm, yeah. And they generally will always push that back to the producer and the supplier. Yeah. So I would suggest at this point in time, that is not Brexit related. I think prices will have to go up, without a doubt. I think it's a little bit early. But I think Majestic is one of the slightly more expensive high-street retailers. I still think it's good value for money. I mean, you're still getting good wines. Mm. There should be an award for wines under £6. Like across the board, get all, get all the supermarkets. Cheap wines, <laughs> the plonk gong. Can we try these expensive wines? Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I'm <laughs> trying it now. I just, I just wanted oh, to okay, finish. Ben, off can I the... borrow you because you're the one with the French mother? Oh yeah, Je so, m'appelle. Je m'appelle. It's a Vouvray, and Ben's gonna say it in his French accent. The producer's called Bernard Fouquier. Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. <laughs> and it's the Domaine des Aubusières, and it's 2016, which is de zéro. Says, says. <laughs> yeah. and it's Cuvée de Perruche. 
Love it. Uh, so right. there we go. Is that okay. right? Do you want me to read yes. your dress out and the barcode? No, 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 that's great. No. That's great. I thought your French accent would be better than that. <laughs> it's all right. It was all right. I liked it. It's better than mine. So yeah, basically, um, so each parcel of the grapes is hand-picked, vinified, and then fermentation takes place partly in oak barrels and partly in old glass-lined vats cut into the rock. Qu'est-ce que c'est? That sounds fancy. <laughs> glass casks in the rocks. What? Apparently what was that so. bit? Like Maybe they just shorten space cut, and they just, and you know, they're in the winery. Yeah, in case. There's rock. Yes, this is you. phenomenal. Oh, do you like oh, it? I okay. love this. This yeah. is really nice. This is almost worth mm. the price. Yeah. Okay. So that's a lovely wine. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's um, quite a pale colour, quite tight, high mm. acid, mm. apples. Baked apples Baked all apples over. And a little bit of honey. Yeah. And maybe a bit of nuts. But still dry, still very dry. clean. And can you see why this would be a good food wine? Yeah, It'd be great as a pair This is going to go with my twiglets. Yeah. Tonight I'm having that bottle. I'm you have to fight me for it. It's going to go well with my chicken. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. Listeners, we normally do end up with a bit of stuff to share around, but I can see Sam is <laughs> taking that one home. That is actually my a I think the second <laughs> Ben just threatened to lick all around a screw cap. Which might make it less appealing. But mm. can you see this is a really well-made Beautiful. wine? And you that do get lovely. what you paid for. So, yes, yeah, so it's a Vouvray from good. the Loire, mm. made from the Chenin grape. Great food wine. Do you know good what it value. says to go on the back? It says here... Fish? It goes, well, yeah, swordfish. Chicken. <laughs> uh, well, roast, chicken. Basically, they've taken your suggestions and poshed them up. So okay, instead well, of chicken, they said roast quail. Oh. All right, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then they swordfish with capers, which is... okay. Chicken, uh, which is not chicken. Um, so majestic fish. Does it says say, uh, highly baked wheat with yeast extract <laughs> topping, <laughs> yeah. which is effectively. They say salmon on croute in the majestic, and note. they say Chinese food as well, which is really? a sweeping generalisation. Now we can have a debate on whether that racist. No, it's just a tune. It's just something that you hear when you go around China. Yeah, I've never been to China. While everyone's. Kung Fu fighting. Yeah, oh, yes. I see, I see. Okay. So, um, also, the little interesting um, factoids oh, really? that I've got. Let's see. Is that Chenin is related to Sauvignon. There we go. There we okay, that's why I Isn't like it. I mean, I do really like it. It's their half siblings. Aha! They yes. share a parent. DNA analysis has shown that Chenin has a parent offspring relationship with the Jura grape Sauvignon, ah, which isn't Sauvignon, and often people will then Portuguese. correct the typing. No, I think it's French. And Jura um, Valley? No, Jura. Jura, oh, sorry. J U R A. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Jura. Like they produce Scottish, very funky wines. <laughs> and it shares a sibling relationship with Sauvignon. So I think uh, both their parents are like it. Sauvignon. Like it. Right. That's good. Anyway, so that's the first wine. Absolutely delicious. For ben, the purposes that's of listeners, not acceptable. Just for the purposes of listeners, Ben has just poured his remaining dregs back into the bottle. In Mexico, Mexico, he wants it now. In Mexico, as well as herpes of the arm, Ben got the shits. Yep. So. That's now your bloody wine, isn't it? Is that why he's done Who's it? Of course, that is. 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 Can I pull like the rest of I'm going to share pull the bit there. Okay, so the Bats next wine. Oh, right. Now, I'll I am um, this wine. I think project. this um, <laughs> wine I have shown on Saturday Kitchen before. Oh. And it's the Bellingham Old Vine 
Chenin Blanc and it's absolutely delicious. You can get this from Majestic and I think you could also get it from Tesco's. Mm. Um, it's a 2016 vintage. Now this is a slightly different kettle of fish because you've got the Chenin, but where the one before was kind of tight and honey and sort of baked apple and it had this lovely texture on the finish so that it would, I would suggest that the oak the Vouvray was in was old oak. So it didn't add any spice. It just added some sort of texture and phenolics whereas this one is more obvious oak mm, and spice yeah which one do you prefer the first one because i think that's a bit it is quite almost vanilla i was about to say it's got, very vanilla-y. it's got too much of the wood influence on it that's starting to move yeah you know, moving towards like dessert wine territory but they're very just, and also look at the color the color on this um bellingham the south african one yeah it's very golden good, color yeah. But well, this is more expensive. Right. This is ten ninety nine. Part mm, of the mix six. P more. The Vouvray is ten forty nine. Mm. But then this will be the oak is expensive. Oak right. barrels are expensive. Right. So that will be why this is more expensive. Also, old vines. Do you know, do you know anything about old vines? No, the only thing I know about the vines that surprised me was what I saw in Bordeaux, where they'd taken all the the vines yeah. from California oh, yeah. after Phylloxera. I was staggered that so and much of the vineyards them. are actually... No, they're re-rooted California. So all of this French wine is actually made from American grapes. It just seems quite no, strange. No, I know, no, it's no, a bit yeah. of a stretch. Old vine is simply vines that are old. With the, the, <laughs> <laughs> with the, wow. Don't get technical. They are just too technical in but, French wine, aren't they? But what it means is the roots have obviously had time to go really far down right. into the soil and the further down into the soil the roots go the more you're picking up really kind of Minerality. complex minerals mm. and whatnot from the soil and also not just that but old vines produce less fruit so you've got the quality quantity thing oh. going on so old vines generally produce a smaller quantity of better quality fruit there we go. so it's more expensive again because your, your yields are lower but your quality is higher they're quite different aren't they, they are. the French they are. one I like and, both and of them. I love both of them they're really I really like both of them but I definitely go with the first one and shows well. why it's worth spending a tenner on a bottle of wine no no <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't convinced me of that and you never will well thank you very much Sam that was uh, brilliant I really enjoyed those wines and um, I will continue to drink them as I am listening in awe to Ben's legend of liquor which is what we have next Okay, listeners, it's uh, the time in the podcast where we look with reverence towards someone who's living or dead, uh, past or present. Uh, Legend of Liquor, who have you got today, Ben? Well, I hate to trample all over your intro there, but it's not actually a person. It's (laughs) it's a thing. Not another bloody horse. It's not a horse. Uh, Well, it's either a beer or more specifically a shape. A shape. A shape. A shape of beer. No. Okay. It's a beer but it's renowned for being associated with a certain shape, a red triangle. Ah, Ah. so it's a brand shape. It's a brand shape, but it's not just any old brand shape. It's the Bass Red Triangle. It's an iconic red triangle, which is very famous historically, seen in lots of different things, and was seen all over the world. Now, this is Bass beer, brewed historically in Burton. There was a time... We've talked about this before, when India Pale Ales were exported all over the world. Britain was the greatest brewing nation in the world. They had this big empire now exporting IPA all over the world. Bass was one of these beers, and it had this red triangle on the label. And there were lots of people who were being rather naughty and flagrantly festooning their bottles with the famous red triangle. And so Bass sought to protect itself from these poorer 
pass-offs. And on New Year's Day in 1876, one of their employees was the first in line to take advantage of the Trademark Registration Act. Oh. And Bass & Co. Pale Ale became the UK's trademark number one. No wow. way! Wow, so they're the first, they're the first one. It's trademark a British invention. Yeah. Ours. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't so, know that either. That's, yeah. 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 So they managed to get a foothold in countries all over the world. By the 1880s, the Bass Brewery was a business sport over more than 145 acres, churning out more than a million barrels of Bass beer a year and employing in excess of 2,500 workers. Now, given that there was no TV, radio or internet back then, its worldwide renown was really quite remarkable. This is an extract from Fortunes Made in Business, published in 1884. Now, brace yourself, this is going to take about... 15 minutes. <laughs> no, uh, it is no extravagant assertion to say that throughout the world there is no name more familiar than that of Bass. There is no geometrical figure so well known as the Vermilion Triangle. It is as familiar to the eye as Her Majesty's visage on the postage stamps. It would indeed be a difficult task to say in what part of the earth that vivid triangle does not gladden the heart of man. I mean, I like a triangle, but that's yeah, a yeah, bit no, much. Uh, he hasn't. He no, doesn't stop there. The word "bass" is known in places where such names to conjure with as Beaconsfield. I don't know who he is. Beaconsfield. I know it's a Bright, place. Tennyson, and Dickens would be unintelligible sounds. To what corner of the habitable world has not bass penetrated? Stop it. Yeah, he has <laughs> circumnavigated the world more completely than Captain Cook. The sign of the Vermilion Triangle is sure evidence of civilization. Now, not only that. Okay. It is. <laughs> it's just a shape, people. Right. It, it, it appears in Edward Manet's 1882 painting Bar at the Fully Berger. Mm. That wasn't just because they loved bass. It was mm. apparently it was to stick two fingers up to the Germans because mm. there was a lot of anti-German was sentiment. It a, was it a red? Because it wasn't just like really, the pyramids a, might have been in his Yeah, the pyramids were more... They were probably a bit more go. iconic as the sort of triangular <laughs> shape. You sure he wasn't inspired by... Pyramids, right? <laughs> it's not just a triangle. He's a, he's not four years old. I had a triangle. Well, yeah, yeah. They, you just start with the shapes, don't you? That's uh, yeah, yeah. a perfect circle, baby. Yeah, yeah. Which I'd argue is a better shape. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. For circumnavigating the globe, for sure. <laughs> a square's probably better. It's got no, four I'd sides, say, not three. Triangles are quite good. Yeah, they stand up on their own. Circles they do. don't do that. Well, squares do. I, I said mm. squares better because it's got four sides. Beat a square. <laughs> Go. Uh, rhomboid. No, rhomboid. well, yeah, I mean, a rhomboid looks like it might fall over, but yes, you're right. Mm. Pentagon, also the well, I, heartland of yeah. world but okay, domination. This particular triangle, a red one, Pablo Picasso... Also oh. drew it, but during his Cubist period. Can I Why didn't he call it the triangle period? Because squares are better. Well, because oh the, uh, the, uh, the triangle... I don't think you can link Pablo Picasso's triangles to the Bass triangle. Is, no, 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 there's actual no, boxes of Bass. That's what he's trying to say. That it's actually yeah, I'm not happened. just naming people who drew triangles. <laughs> I'm actually, but how do they know that Picasso was influenced by specifically son? the Bass triangle? Because he fucking drew it. <laughs> That's why. Where's your it's evidence? In, Where's in, your evidence? Uh, it was in. <laughs> he's, he's got nothing. Loads of, there was loads of nods <laughs> to the Bass Triangle in his work. You don't see much Bass around these days, well, do I'm you? I'm coming on to that, Tom. But I haven't told you <laughs> who else was inspired. James Joyce. Oh. He's another clever clock who became transfixed by the famous trademark. In Ulysses, 
which is a fucking difficult book <laughs> to read. Oh, my God. Impossible. We tried to read it for the show and then didn't. He wrote, he wrote this. During the past four minutes or thereabouts, he had been staring hard at a certain amount of number one bass bottled by Messrs. Bass & Co. at Burton-on-Trent, which happened to be situated along amongst a one. lot of others right opposite <laughs> where... His scarlet appearance. Yeah, even he can't be bothered to read. So, right, listen. <laughs> yeah. no, well, okay. Boring. Bass Pale <laughs> it was drunk by the following people. Edward the Seventh, Edgar Allan Poe, Buffalo Bill mm. drank it as well. And it also inspired Napoleon Bonaparte to set up a similar brewery in Paris. But apparently he abandoned the idea when he was told that the Paris brewery could not recreate the inevitable <laughs> sulfuric Burton Snatch. Yeah, the, 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 I, I'm surprised it's taken us this long yeah. to get onto the Burton Snatch. What is the Burton Snatch? snatch. <laughs> the Burton Snatch is an aroma that comes off the beer in very specific to Burton upon Trent because of its high mineral water and it's also a sulfuric edge to the mm. beer that it's kind of particular mm. to the region. So it's quite an odd smell. It's eggy, isn't the fact, it? So yeah, the fact it's called the, the Burton Snatch. Is mm. amusing in itself. So, it is. Well done, um, Napoleon, for trying to recreate When the Titanic that. sank, there were 500 cases of Bass Pale Ale. Mm. So in terms of historic importance, I don't think there's another brand that can match it. But you don't see it anymore because no. it was bought by AB InBev, who have done very little with it. They realised that it no. was a brand that they couldn't work with and they took it out of Burton. I'll tell you what, ben, um, now's the time. What they need really, though, is some sort of UK-wide comedy theatre project two experts who could talk about all of this yes. in a show yeah. um, which is and happening and bring it back to the different demographic yeah exactly yeah. So. do yeah. it and that red Let's triangle could be festooned all over Britain yeah so when you're thinking about the most important coloured shapes, shapes <laughs> in the drinks industry which is I know something that worries people all over the world Hello. the bass red triangle has got to be front of mind that is brilliant ben i i have to say we've had people living in dead and we've had a horse and now we've had a shape <laughs> so if you are putting this on with your children around there's something for everyone in this yes. podcast uh, remarkable well done, remarkable achievement um, thank you very much for, uh, for that and thank you listeners for staying tuned in keeping listening while we talk about shapes i mean <laughs> god oh, knows that there. can't be easy <laughs> but that was a fantastic podcast lots for everyone in that one and uh, we will be back again next week with another uh, in the meantime we should probably say that Ben and I, as the Thinking Drinkers, will be appearing in live shows around the UK. We've got uh, March the 17th in the Cotswolds. Shipping Norton. Shipping Norton will be performing there. And April the 14th in London's Underbelly on the South Bank. Now, that is a 400-seater, which is massive, and we do need to get it. So please come and see us and sample some of our booze there. Sam, are you going to be on the telly anytime soon? Uh, No, but I will be in Edinburgh with the Wine Gang also on the 14th of uh, of April. How brilliant. Okay. We've also got a session at the Museum of Comedy all about gods on the 15th of March. Hmm. Yes, it is the 15th (laughs) of March. Yes, it is the 15th of March. Well done, Ben. Thanks. Uh, So please come and see us and tune in again next week when we'll have more irreverent uh, but (laughs) educational booze information. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. This was a Grand Crew podcast from Seven Digital. 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.